0: i All right, uh, this morning I want to um, share in a particular principle, and we've been using this in our, our time in prayer. If you haven't uh, been, or you're not aware, or you have been sleeping, you receive strength to stay awake in Jesus' name. But we have uh, prayers going on uh, for seven days. Uh, we call it the Jericho Prayer, and it's from 11 p.m., all right, to 12.30 a.m. Somebody said, uh, all right, must prayer be offered at night? No, but the way they scheduled prayer in the early church was that it was the hours in that they had break, that the way the society was scheduled, that was when they placed their time of prayer. So when they said sixth hour, which meant there was break from work, so they entered into the temple to pray. So that is the time we believe that, all right, people will be able to focus in a way that will be unhindered, all right, in quietness and be able to pay full attention with the least amount of distraction, because children will be asleep and all of that. So least amount of distraction, and that's why we have chosen the hour. There's nothing mysterious about it, all right? So it's not like we are being deep, or oh, You follow what I'm saying here? It's just the time that people have, all right, to have, um, to pray there. Okay, so we've been uh, speaking about certain things and we said that the um, last quarter theme is finishing 2019 strong and starting 2020 big, finishing 2019 strong and starting 2020 big, and that's in this last 90 days, you must understand that uh, God uh, is willing to do uh, great and massive things in your life. Uh, One of the things that we have come to understand is that with God, there is nothing like difficulty level. It is with man that we rate things in terms of how difficult they are based on things that have happened in our past experiences which means that strongholds have been created in our minds through the kind of environment people we interacted with, information we took in, teachings we received, uh, just like the nation of Israel were in Egypt for so many years that strongholds were built on the inside of them. And a stronghold is something that is erected in you that puts you in a position where though you know something is the will of God for your life, you just think on the inside that it just will not or it is impossible as far as you are concerned. So they ask you mentally speaking, do you believe that God can do this? Yes, and you will assume till any extent that God can do it. In other words, if we ask you, if I come and say, you know, God cannot do things in the next three months, God doesn't have the power, you know, to be able to do one, two, three, four, he cannot turn a person's situation around, he is unable to do that, his power is limited, you will shout blasphemy, argue with me, and all of that, uh, days as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day, then they now bring it into your own space, and say, so in the next 90 days, these things are going to happen in your life, then you have different to accepting that it will happen. Now, that's a stronghold in your mind. All right? So, a stronghold is what makes when a person knows. So, the nation of Israel, they knew it was God's will for them to get into the promised land. They knew it was the express will of God, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers and never thought what they knew to be the will of God could happen within their light. And that's what we call stronghold. And once strongholds are removed, then we understand that with God, What we call difficult, there's nothing like difficulty level with God. All things are the same. It is a stronghold that makes you think, all right, that you can, you know, to heal a headache is easy, but to heal cancer, you have to, you have to spend two weeks, all right, which means we are looking at it from the human perspective there, which means over the years, you've been taught about the difficulty associated with cancer to the point where it has become a stronghold there, and we think that God also views cancer in terms of levels of difficulty, With God, it is the same. The same healing virtue, all right, that will, all right, heal a headache is the same healing virtue that will go out and cause the blind eyes to see and raise up the cripple. So it's strongholds on the inside. And when you deal with strongholds, then things become possible to you. In other words, you see how simple it is for these extraordinary things to happen. That is, as John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, or I let all prepare you way for the Lord. Mountains will be leveled, valleys will be exalted, which means a level ground will be created, crooked ways will be made straight. These are things that happen on the inside so that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So that not only do you know that God can, but you see clearly inside your heart how God will. Which means it's not just the will or right to do that is present, but how to perform the light has dawned on the inside of you. All right? So feed the multitudes wasn't difficult with God. He, with Jesus, he knew exactly what he will do. And what he did wasn't difficult. It wasn't that there was something complex. He just said, give me the loaves. Go in there. Find whether you can find anything. Look for whether you can find anything. They came back with five loaves. He took it. He gave thanks. He broke it. Gave his disciples and multiplication. There was nothing difficult about that. All right? In order to pass the Red Sea, we are the ones that say it's very difficult. Difficult with God, all He said, simple instruction, lift up, there's nothing hard about that, your rod over the thing, tell the people to go forward, and then you lift up your rod and the entire thing parted. So it wasn't difficult, all right, with God or for God to get that particular thing done. When we think in terms of, oh, it's 90 days left, you know, I've been believing God for something, and it's just 90 days, it can't happen in 90 days, right? That is a stronghold that is inside your mind. In fact, when we were praying the first day, I think something came out by word of knowledge, and I said, someone can say, well, they say, in the next 90 days, you'll get married. Oh, I can't get married in the next 90 days. Oh, I've not yet met the person I'm going to marry. You know, I've not met anybody. How then will it happen in the next 90 days? How is it going to happen? All right, you know, I still have to meet the person. We still have to date. We still have to court. We still have to find out, you know, how he is or how she is. Then we still have to make Listen, 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 all those things are, Things you put into yourself. You read inside the Bible and show me where anybody met wife, where they went to find wife for Isaac, and it took them four years to know whether Isaac should marry. No, I'm just now you might that you see these things are things people put inside you. You can cut and, and date for four four years and date for seven years and you marry and it's destroyed in seven weeks. So it is not the amount of time. Are you following what I'm saying here? It is the accuracy in the realm of the spirit. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. So we just put these things as strongholds. You go for seminars until they have embedded strongholds on the inside of you that you look at it and based on the teachings you have received, it has to take seven years for it to be right. And I, let me just say this to you. What told you what? Now when we say you will get married in 90 days, you just say, just who told you that you have to find the person? How do you know? Look, the way God works, anytime there's anything, he'll say, what do you have in your house? In other words, who told you that you don't already know the person? That maybe somebody who is some classmate, you are very close, and you are friends maybe in university for four years, and you haven't seen the person, and then so Look, it happened in this church. I mean, I won't mention the name of the person. What happened, there was old school reunion, and they all came together, and everybody was married in the reunion, except the two of them. And the guy doing the, I'm telling you, look, I was at the wedding. Right, and I couldn't understand because she was in her 40s, he also was there. Super, listen. When I saw the guy and the job he was doing, and the guy, the way he looked, I said, No, something has to be wrong. How can this guy not be married? This fine tall, ah, ah, what is going on here? So I said, Are you sure he's not? They said, No, he's never married. And the guy who was the MC just said, What's going on? These are the only two single people in that class. Come together now, two of you. What is the problem? Come together and marry. He was the MC at the wedding. The reception he said we saw two of them and we said come together and she came to meet me and she was saying i said what are you saying he said i'm not sure what are you not sure about <laughs> what, what, what do you mean you are not you're not sure where i mean both of you he was one of the closest friends of your brother i said is he a bad guy no don't you know, say ah, that so what is the problem in fact i thought there was something maybe the guy didn't look right all right so she didn't know how to tell me so when we got to the wedding i saw the guy ah I almost, almost say also, I both sides. one boy here. It's all like, did they do something? I did. Ujaz is working? This guy? <laughs> Serious, I won't ask you where he's working. Serious job, solid guy. So, nothing says you can't be married by December 31st. Are you following what I'm saying here? Nothing says that, all right? Because the thing is always, God has the difficulty level. He has never said, "How are we going to? How are we going to get wine? Where are we going to get wine in this wedding feast?" He said, it's right beside you, to fill the, those spots with water." All right. So He said, "Finishing twenty nineteen strong, and many times there is these strongholds that have blocked, which meant, and it's as you believe, so can it be unto you." All right, as you think is how you believe and if you think that it is very difficult and you believe that it is very difficult then it plays out all right also all right in your life as being difficult. Now, there is a strategy that God gave the nation of Israel that we casually quote. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 24 It says, wherever the soles of your feet shall touch, that have I given unto thee. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. So it talks about the soles of your feet. And in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2, God began to speak to Joshua and told him, Moses, my servant, is now dead. And the Lord said unto him, all right, he said, arise now. my Moses, my servant, is dead. And he said, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I shall give them. He says, even to the children of Israel. And then verse 3, he says, every place that the sole of your foot shall thread, that have I given unto you. So he gave the promise again, wherever the sole of your foot shall thread, there have I given unto thee. And so Joshua had this major task. And he was at a place where they wanted to take Jericho. And Jericho was a fortified city with massive walls all around, built in such a way that there was nothing in the armory of any nation that they could use against the thickness of that wall to bring it down. The arrows, the chariots, you could not have hit the wall and the wall will have collapsed. So it was fortified. And so it appeared as an impossible situation. But God had given the promise that wherever the soul of your faith shall tread, wherever it threads there, or tried to pawn, I will give it unto thee. So in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, we start reading about the strategy there. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and what he saw was a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, and they tell us this is one of the pre incarnate manifestations we been before Jesus came in flesh, where he showed up in the affairs of humanity. And Joshua looked at him with the sword of vengeance, and he said, Are you for us, or are you for our adversary? And the Bible says that. The Lord said, no, neither. That is, I have not come for you, neither have I come for your adversaries. But as the captain of the hosts of the Lord, am I now come, or am I now come? And Joshua therefore fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? And then the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. So he told him, take your shoes off. All right. And he took his shoes off. He said, so that the soles of your feet... Is what is going to tread the grounds now and not the soles of your shoes. Now, so what we've got to understand is that the promise is that you're the soles of your foot, not the soles of your shoes. So, spiritually speaking, strictly now, what God is saying is that those who tread the Upon grounds there, have surrendered their shoes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever the soles of their feet touches, I am going to give it unto them. According to the Jewish custom there, when you remove your sandals or shoes and hand it over to a person, what you are saying in effect is that that person now, you have given that person the right to act in your own place. And therefore, you are not going to take any step again as regards that particular thing, all right, except as instructed by the person. So wherever your foot touches there is going to be because this particular person asked you to take that step. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge is a deep form of worship. And he says, I will now begin to direct your steps. So we can say, when he says, wherever the soles of your foot touch, it means wherever you go into taking my direction, according to my instruction. So you toiled all night and caught nothing. You did it with your shoes on in the realm of the Spirit. Then you have an encounter with Jesus, and you surrender your shoes to him, then now you are going out again, and now you have the instructions of Jesus, cast launch out into the depth, so you go far into the depth there, or into the deep, and then cast your net, not on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side, was an instruction, now you are going, and the soles of your feet, as it were now, are touching the grounds there, of that particular industry, all right, right there. Which means you are taking instructions there from the Lord. That's what it means when it says the souls of fate. So Moses went to try to accomplish his assignment with his shoes on and killed an Egyptian. And then had this kind of encounter. And behind every great exploit, Is this encounter and in this encounter there God told Moses take off your shoes and so he went and you could see that Moses therefore went without shoes in that journey he came to the Red Sea and he said what next Lord the Lord said lift up your rod tell the people to go forward he was without shoes he got to the place where there was bitter waters what says thou Lord the Lord said, listen, cut that branch, throw it into it. And it happened. He got to the place where there was no water. What says thou, Lord? And the Lord said, speak unto the rock and water will come out. And that happened. So you could see that he conducted his affairs now in direct interaction. And this is what I am to talk about this morning, all right, where Jesus Christ, where he was giving him instruction. This is what it means. It doesn't mean you take your physical shoes off you get to a company and you say, ex- except God instructed you. You take off your shoes and you're walking barefooted before anybody comes to work. And say, wherever the soles of my feet talk, oh boy, it, it doesn't mean they will not sack you the next day. Do you understand it? That's not what he's saying. He's saying that if somebody inside that office treats you a boss in a way you don't like and hurts you deeply, you are going to take instructions from Jesus how to relate to that person, not give them the peace of your own mind. Are you following what I'm saying here? If they give you a target, you are not going to complain or mama, you are going to go to Jesus and talk to him about it, said, which means it is the soles of your feet that are touching and it will always lead to the miraculous. But before that thing can happen, where you can hear, Jesus shows up and he comes with a sort of vengeance. And I have seen this in my life I have looked at it in the lives of great people, and it happens with precision in exact terms. That before you have a massive breakthrough, before you do the impossible, you are going to be in a conflict situation with a person or with individuals that can generate strife. In other words, there is going to be that particular thing. And what Joshua was saying, when Jesus showed up, he said, saw him with the rod said, are you for me or you are for my adversary? Jesus said, I have not come to take sides. I am not going to be on your side, neither am I going to be on the side of your adversary. And Joshua therefore lay before Jesus and worshipped. You see, the Bible says a man that has rule over his spirit is greater than a man that takes a city there. In other words, Jesus was talking about mastery, which means the biggest victory is not even the taking of Jericho. That is very simple. God gives you instruction. The place where people have problem with and they struggle is that they haven't come in their own lives into a place of obedience. And then put up the Passion Translation of Psalm 55 and verse 10. The Passion Translation. Where we look at adversity on the outside, but we don't see the real danger that lies on the inside. The strife, the unforgiveness that is there. The wanting God all right, to be on our own side against other people. That is, two born-again Christians that Jesus died for, shed his blood. How can you come and say that Jesus is on your own side? And I, Do you get what we're saying here? All right? It says, though they patrol the walls night and day against invaders, the real danger is within the city. It's the misery and strife in the hearts of the people, which means that there's strife inside the heart. People talk about things on the outside, but it's the unforgiveness on the inside. It is the strife, all right, that is going on on the inside. Uh, So Jesus shows up and says, the first thing as an act of worship is that I have not come to take sides. you come over to my own side here, right? You might have disagreements with people. Something is going on and you can, all right, from your own perspective, from your own point of view, Okay, you can say, well, I'm married and you know, the in-laws, all right, and, 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 and say that the in-laws are terrible people and all of that, you know, but this is my husband, but this is my wife, and they have no right, or not, but, but, but Jesus can call you and say, okay, let's come to the table of justice. This mother-in-law, father-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law that is so wicked, let me show you the life of your sweethearts. When your sweetheart was 13, your sweetheart was confused. Started taking marijuana from 13 to 15, joined the cult school, completely deranged. It was this sister-in-law that is a demon today, that you are calling, that stood with this boy, stayed with him even when his family was turning against him, supported him, held his hand, kept talking to me, talked him out of everything, solidified him, built him into the man that is today. If he was on drugs, will you fall in love with this, your sweetheart? Which means, before you say you are right and they are wrong, there are many things that are going on. Are you following what I'm saying here?